Welcome back, everyone, to Podcast Winterfell. Podcast Winterfell is a part of the DVR Podcasting Network. You can check us out at DVRPodcast.com. we got a lot of great podcasts over there. Actually, we are in the midst of doing Westworld, so go check it out. That is DVRPodcast.com. You can also become a patron if you enjoy what we do and you want more great off-season GOT pods. Then hit us up at patreon.com slash DVR, and thank you to all of our great patrons. Really appreciate it, and it's really why we've been able to do so much in all the pods we do. So, I hope everybody's doing okay. Um, It's been about two months since we dropped the uh, two-part Conquest and Rebellion pod that me, Mike, and Morgan did. And uh, I'm getting into recording. Actually, I'm in the midst of uh, recording and researching a seven-episode series that is going to be sponsored by Cufflinks.com. And that series is going to pick out my favorite episode each season in terms of production. You know, um, I've talked a lot about over the series, over course of many podcasts about how important it is to me to view these shows that we watch from that standpoint, from the standpoint of taking into account the intense, groundbreaking, exhaustive, expansive, and amazing production that uh, Game of Thrones is. Um And also, you know, just when you get those kind of story beats that don't seem right or something is changed from the book or perhaps they go in a direction that you don't like or you think is – I hear people use the term lazy writing. Um, I'm not a fan of saying that, though I have, Um, but it's important to know – that when you endeavor to make a filmed enterprise, you have to take into account time, money, and really the the kind of unweighted factor that, as we've seen recently with all of the terrible stories coming out of uh, – Hollywood and TV, um, human potential, I guess I'd call it, you know, how much do you put into these endeavors? We routinely hear of directors, actors, everyone involved with something like this working 25 hours a day for 59 weeks a year, you know, obviously I know that's not true people. So basically what, what we're going to do in this series and Mike is going to join me because he is my directing brother. He is my other half and we've directed so many things together, music videos, film documentaries, all types of stuff uh, that we've done together. And we're going to look at it that way and kind of talk about it in that way, you know, which I think is not covered as a, Enough, especially in the Game of Thrones world, you know, um, 
we've, you know, obviously there's great book reading podcasts like rereading the book, going back and watching old episodes, connecting it to the story. Um, but I am a technical person and, you know, I'm the guy who always watches the DVD extras. I've watched all the special features that Game of Thrones has done. Um, and I watch, I, I mean, I'm a filmmaker, writer, director. I've been a camera guy, you know, I mean, this is just what I love. I've been doing it since I was a kid. So I think it'll be kind of be fun to talk about one episode per season from a production standpoint and kind of talk with Mike, like, damn, imagine if we had to direct this, what is the first thing we're thinking about? You know? Um, because I, like I said, I think in podcasting, it's hard to do that. You know, I've reached out actually to HBO, um, and tried to tell them, Hey, look for both Westworld and game of Thrones. Um, and I've made contact with them. They're nice people at HBO and HBO publicity. Um, but, they, I think they're more used to people wanting to talk to the actors, right? Um, the writers, the director. And of course, I want to talk to the writer and the director. Of course, I want to talk to the mostly the director. Uh, but I also want to talk to the costume person. I want to talk to the location scout. I want to talk to a PA. I want to talk to someone who PA'd on Game of Thrones, which is um, a production assistant, you know, person who gets not the coffee. I did it for years. The person who sets things up, who who's running, who does everything. You always need hands on a film set. Trust me, you always need an extra hand. Uh, when you're actually ready to shoot, everybody get the fuck out. But when you're getting ready for, and you're breaking down and setting up, trust, it's like when, if, it's like if you're moving, you can never have too many people to move, right? Um, and if you do have that problem, please send some people my way next time I move. But I have super mover Mike Hall who moved me across the – he moved me to North Carolina and then to Oregon. So he wins the prize. He wins the cookie. But anyway, I see, I, I start talking about it and I get excited. Originally, I was just going to quickly mention this. But um, yeah, I do want to thank Cufflinks.com for sponsoring us. They reached out. We've developed a relationship with them and it's a great company. It's family-owned. And honestly, they launched some stuff. If I was going to talk about Game of Thrones news, which is what I'm going to talk about today, um, the stuff they launched is fantastic. It's like out of this world. I mean, they've got all types of ties and tie clips and cufflinks and socks. And the tie clip is something interesting to me because I never had a good tie clip. And guess what? Now I do because they sent out a bunch of stuff. And I shouldn't say I do because you will very soon. I'm going to be giving this stuff out. And we're going to be announcing a little contest on the first episode uh, for you all to win some of this great stuff. So cufflinks.com has also provided us with an awesome promo code, of course. So use promo code Winterfell20 and you'll get 20% off your first order at cufflinks.com. Use Winterfell20 to get 20% off your first order at cufflinks.com. The way that they did the sigils and the design and the quality too, and the packaging is bomb. When you open up the little, um, uh, you know, the little box that the cufflinks come in or the tie pin or whatever, there's a map 
of Westeros in there. It's got the Game of Thrones logo on the front of it. It's high quality. Like the, the box itself is like, you know, it's like when you just, you know, it's got that tactile feel to it. And the products themselves are heavy and nice. And the thing I like about the cufflinks too is that they have a slight like bend to them. So they really stay in. They're not like, you know, a lot of, I've always had problems with cufflinks, but I actually tried these because I'm getting ready to go to a wedding soon. You know, somebody is getting married. He snow low, the bastard podcaster is getting married in two months. And uh, trust me, we will be donning some cufflinks.com apparel at Heath Snowlow's wedding, and there will be multiple pictures. But um, I know it's a sponsor, but I'm act- I get excited about it because this stuff is awesome, and just like the tie is super cool. And I was thinking I was going to come on today, and I was thinking, hey, I should announce the giveaway today, right? I'm doing this early episode with some news just coming, kind of, I'm getting myself back into Game of Thrones because I'm so into Westworld, you know, DJ Tim Hines and I are covering Westworld over on the Westworld Theory Cast, and I've been really getting into that, um, but we had this opportunity uh, with Cufflinks uh, to kind of help them launch these products, and also I had been thinking about doing this um, kind of Game of Thrones from a production standpoint for a long time now. So it's the perfect opportunity to do it. So I want to try to kind of get back into GOT mindset, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's fun to start thinking about that stuff again. Um, but what was I saying? Anyway, I want you to tell me what kind of contest do you think I should do? You know, we, uh, I know Matt has done contests, I think, before on, on, uh, Winterfell. Uh, we've done a couple. We just did one with feedback on Westworld Theory Cast. You know, you could do iTunes reviews. Um, I don't, I don't know what, what is, uh, what's a good way to get people involved and, I like to ask you all what you think, you know, I'm going to come up with something regardless, you know, we're going to have the contest. So don't worry if you don't come up with something, I'm not going to, I'm going to keep all the stuff, <laughs> though. That's not a bad idea. Uh, but you tell me, so I'm kind of, it's like a contest for a contest, right? Right into me, uh, at, uh, podcast winterfell at gmail.com. Uh, don't, let's not do the Twitter. I'm, I'm not doing as much of the Twitter and the social media. I got to be honest with you. So hit me old school with an email, um, podcastwinterfell at gmail.com. And what kind of contests do you think that I could do? Is the iTunes review one? I think iTunes review feedback. I was thinking about like fan art. Um, I was thinking about, um, ideas for another series, or I was thinking about, um, Maybe ideas you have production wise on Game of Thrones or questions you'd want to ask. Um, like how do they do this or how to do the, how to do they do that? And if we don't know the answer, we'll find out the answer. So I'm just throwing it out to you all right here on a Saturday podcast, Winterfell. Send me out some of your ideas. Tell me what, what do you want to do to win? Some awesome stuff from cufflinks.com because, and really check it out. I'm looking at it right now. I know these hand to the king lapel pins. They're only 18 bucks. They're going to like fly off the shelves. They're super cool. And I definitely have one of those. 
they did a really cool thing um, with these inlaid wood tie clips that I really like because it brings about the one I have is um, I'm not saying I, but you'll have it is uh, the Stark one. And when you see it, it looks like it's like they're all different woods that they use. So it's like you, it's kind of, you can kind of pretend like it's werewood. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of cool. Um, but they have pens too. The pens are really cool. And those are some nice ass pens, people. We ain't talking about these ain't little bicks, bro. Uh, but check that out at cufflinks.com. That's some awesome stuff. And they are going to be sponsoring that series. And by default, they're sponsoring this podcast. So shout out to them. And don't forget, use Winterfell20. That's promo code Winterfell20 to get 20% off your first order at cufflinks.com. So let's get to some news. Um, you know, there's obviously uh, a lot of kind of spoiler stuff going on. I'm not going to kind of get into that stuff. Um, there was recently – there's some um, there's some cons that are happening, I know. Um, I hadn't followed along um, astutely. Uh, I know uh, Con of Thrones is coming up in May. We had thought about one of us going out there, but it's just not going to work out for us this year. Um, I think that the people that would most likely go are just kind of busy and, you know, we got a lot going on. He's getting married. I got my kid, Mikey Hull just moved here and is settling in. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're going to make it out there to con of Thrones. Uh, I know there was another con that just happened. Was it throne of cons? <laughs> was it pot of casts? Um, there was another con and I saw a lot of pictures and stuff and I listened to a history of Westeros dropped, I think a little audio from there. And that's awesome to see that at some point I'd love to get out to one of these cons. And, uh, I think it'll probably, most likely it might not be until the show is over, which is cool too, because then I think everybody that then the kind of the ruckus of that kind of, I feel like there'll be kind of like more of a unity joining of like show and book and people just like be able to enjoy. Cause I think I still think, and I'll get to a, a piece of news here, which is that George R. R. Martin, uh, the creator has announced that uh, the next book is not going to come out until after the show is over. Now, I have long since – I'm not going to get into this too much because this is this is funny by now. Of course, we know people. When is it going to come out? You know, I've long since believed that it's being held until the show is over. And I don't really disagree with that. You know, because I think it allows them to each be their own individual experience and get the attention they deserve. Let's watch the end of the show. The show is not the books. It's a different, it's an interpretation of it, right? That's going to be over. We're going to see what happens. Then the books are going to come out. And who knows how many more they're going to be. Because I think they were talking about splitting them up to this many or that many. Great, you know? Let them come out, and then that's the thing. Of course, there'll be a discussion. Oh, the the show was different. But I think once – the books are so different. Again, I'm not a book reader, but what I know of them from great book readers that have read them and talked to me about them, there are great differences in not only in distinct um, 
events, but in tonality and in character and description. Of course, they're books. You know, you can, you can say so much more and get into so much more detail. Um, so that, that conversation will, I think, kind of ebb and flow, but it'll be, there'll be an immediate onrush of that when the book, when the first book comes out. And then everybody will chill out, I think, and just enjoy them. And I hope my my hope is that it gets more people into reading the books. Right? Um, the show's over; they don't have to worry about blah, blah blah. They kind of go in with a new interest. It's different. They learn new things. They get adept because the world is so deep, and it is obviously so much deeper than what the show can do. And then whatever sequel they're doing, not sequel, whatever spinoff they're doing on HBO, if it's not a sequel and a spinoff, which it very well may be, um, that can enjoy its own place as well, you know, and we can kind of just enjoy it all, which is what I like to do because I think it's all fantastic. I did go back and listen to, I shouldn't really say I'm not a book reader because I pretty much listened to almost the whole first book um, on tape because I found a fantastic app through my library actually two separate apps, one called Cloud Library and the other one is called Libby. And I get all these free audiobooks. I'm a big I'm a big library person. I hope you all are support your public libraries. I go there all the time and I happily pay my late fees. But I've been able to read you know, I've been able to listen and Mike and I, when we were driving across country three years ago, listened to about half of uh, the first book. And yeah, it's so different and it's so amazing and deep. And I really do, you know, go back and forth about it. But I know, of course, at some point I'm going to read all of these or listen to all of them. And it might just be when the show's over. I think that's probably when it's going to happen because I'm kind of like into that experience of the show. And I probably end up getting really confused, especially on podcasts. All right. That's a solo podcasting sip of water. Um, so let's get into some fun news here, Game of Thrones. Uh, season 8 just finished filming the longest battle shoot in Game of Thrones history. This comes from the great watchers on the wall. And uh, what they're saying is that they wrapped 55 consecutive nights of shooting. And that's as far as I went, because then it says known spoilers are discussed below. <laughs> so all I know is 55 consecutive nights of shooting. Now that's kind of hard from a production standpoint to kind of think about um, like, what is a night shoot? How long do they actually shoot? Because you can make things look like night, you know, and it varies how how much natural light they're actually using. And we've heard before of Game of Thrones actually being either delayed or um, moving, shooting around to accommodate weather. And we've also, though, all seen how much CGI is actually in the show as far as the wide shots go and filling in backgrounds. So, would it, but regardless, nearly two months of shooting, that ain't 55 consecutive nights. So, over two months, 
of sustained shooting on one scene, which could be, let's think about that, could be in a half hour long scene, right? Um, I mean, Battle of the Bastards, that whole scene was, I think it clocked in at 19 or 20 minutes, like from when the fighting started. Um, but you think about all the pre-shooting, you think about whether a certain sequences could take up a lore, a large portion of that. But regardless, that gets me super excited. It rolls into another piece of news which has come out and which was, if you look on the internet, you know, I did a little bit of searching. Like I said, I don't want to get into too much spoilers. And I have to admit, you know, as far as when things are like on season and off season, the spoiler content, it's weird because I feel like for Westworld, I'm seeing so much spoilers. It's just like nobody – there is no – I don't think there's a line anymore on the internet. The way I feel about it is everybody just spoils everything on the internet now. You know, like I remember in the lost days, people would even be sensitive about an episode title. And I feel like if you brought that up today, someone would like, you know, murder half your family or something if you brought that up on Twitter or some shit. I haven't been on Twitter in almost two months now uh, regularly. So I'm just jumping on for the podcast here and there. But um, I do feel that way, that the spoiler culture is – that is culture, right? It's pervasive. I think people just – like even I see big magazines, they just say, oh, this person's coming back with their picture. You know, uh, That's the way it is. I don't like it. I wish it was different because I love being surprised. That's it. That's the only reason why. It's really simple. I just like being surprised. I like this story happening in front of me and being um, – I get – I lose the ability to pretend a bit, right, when that happens, you know? It's like somebody flashing you know, a cell phone in a movie theater, I feel. That's kind of what spoilers are to me. I can still enjoy it, of course, and I've known big things. But I just like being surprised. I like being taken away. And I feel like it's the intent of the storyteller, right? Like they intended you to find something out in a certain order in order to convey the feeling emotion of the story. And um, it's hard to suspend your disbelief when you know some certain event is coming up, you know? So I stay away from it. But I find now that when I was doing a little research for this pod and looking around, hey, what's going on? And I noticed some Game of Thrones stuff that so I bring it up on the laptop in front of me that people were being really good about stuff, you know, like that kind of stuff. Spoilers below or something. Hey, that's cool. That's all I need. That's all I need. Um, But the original reason I brought that up was to say that there's another piece of news floating around, which is unconfirmed. And I think Kit Harrington said something that led people to believe that all of the remaining six episodes will be feature length, you know, or like 80 to 90 minutes per episode, which if they did that, they would try to figure out that it would probably, it would be about equal. I think if they did six episodes at 90 minutes, right? I'm not very good at math, but no, that would be a, a little bit over, right? Because then that's 
six half hours, it'd be an extra three hours. No, it'd be nine hours, right? So it'd be about a regular season, which then brings up the reasoning, why do you separate them the way you do? And that is that a cost decision from HBO standpoint, or is it a storytelling decision? They don't want to break up the story. They want to keep this episode going. They believe that the material contained within this specific episode relates so directly to other material that they can't wait to put it in the next episode. Even though in essence, once Game of Thrones has aired, like the second the episode is done, now it gives the opportunity for any person to stream it, right? with the previous episode because it's the world we live in. So is that, you know, it's really interesting to think about why a decision is made, which leads me to believe that it has to be some side of some sort of cost, uh, methodology that's going on here. You know, um, I would think that HBO would actually want more episodes because then they can sell them in markets where they can put it on TV, edited or non-edited they also have more material in their library, right? Like the old <laughs> reminds me of when FX, remember when FX signed Charlie Sheen to that terrible show after Two and a Half Men? And they get after like the first, the ratings for the first, what, three or four episodes? They had a deal in place to make like 200 episodes and they just went in and made them. And um, I think actually Netflix did that with that show, uh, what is it, The Farm or something with Ashton Kutcher, that they actually, they went in and they shot like 60 episodes and then they just released them over a period, a longer period of time. Um, because then it gives, it's more product, it's more content, right? The dollar signs start going. Um, but I don't know, on the other hand though, financially, each episode, I believe, is uh, billed separately, right? So when they do the finances for TV episodes, each episode acts as its own production. And this affects the tax write-offs, the way they interact with uh, filming in different countries and international tax laws, uh, as well as how people are paid, right? So that may be in a cost-benefit analysis, having six episodes that are 90 minutes long instead of nine episodes that are an hour long, right? Or if they're a little over 90, just 10 episodes like they normally did, may, you know, it may affect that. I'm not quite sure. I'd like to know more about that because um, I'm all about long episodes. Recently, there's been a spate of kind of think pieces about um, – I, I saw one saying that uh long episode is the man spreading of TV, <laughs> which I thought was actually kind of clever because most of these supersized shows are these kind of like – more, I guess, 
I wouldn't say, I mean, masculine type shows, but shows that have male leads or something when you think about like, I mean, I guess it's because it makes me think of Sons of Anarchy, you know, because that was ridiculous. Um, But I loved every second of it. But it's like the last season, they were just the episodes, you, you know, you were just all of a sudden it was like a two hour and 15 minute long episode or something. You're like, what? Uh, but anyway, I'm all for Game of Thrones having the long episodes. I'll say it. I'm cool with it. It makes podcasting actually a little bit harder. Obviously, there's a lot more to talk about. Take a little uh, little water break there, people. There's a lot more to talk about. Um, but it's fun. And I think that it does from an episodic – I am a person that enjoys episodic television. I'm not making a claim that I think that uh, every every – you know, like I'm against serialized because I don't think that they're actually oppositional. Um, I like – I think some of the best serialized shows – some of the best episodes of serialized shows are more episodic in their nature, right? More self-contained. You think about Breaking Bad, like The Fly or something, right? Um, even for I, – I can't think – Game of Thrones is so heavily serialized. As you try to think about it, an episode, I guess there's only really one episode that was one subject matter, but – uh, it's still, it's a little bit different, you know, it's a little bit different. So I'm not, I wouldn't say it really hold that holds too much weight, but I will say from the, from the aspect of that's heavily episodic, right? From the aspect of, um, emotional intent, like you think about the red wedding, what else was in that episode, right? That these hints that were the the feeling you got when you watch that episode, you can feel it from the jump that something's going to happen, right? And the way you can craft that into that, you just like what makes the difference between film and TV. It's a, you know, it's a more distilled. Uh, reimagining of reality of whatever reality uh, the creators are, you know, hoisting upon you or you're accepting it. Is it, is it a foist? Is it a, is it a foisting? Um, but I'm, I'm down for long episodes. I really am. I think it's very, it's going to be very cool. All right. Let's move on here. This is fun. I'm getting into the Game of Thrones here, right here in my mindset. Um, this is some interior news, which is that Matt Murdock, we are happy to announce, you know, Matt went through a bit of a health crisis earlier this year, and uh, we want to give our shouts to him. We know he's doing a lot better, and he and one of the things that he needs to do to build up his, his strength and in his lungs, too, is to talk, and we all know Matt can talk, so he is back with a new podcast, okay? So it's not Podcast Winterfell, though he knows, and as he said on his show, he's always welcome to whenever he wants. The feed is open to him, but he started his own thing. It's called mattsaudioblog.com. So go over to Matt's, that's with two T's, mattsaudioblog.com, 
and it is Game of Thrones, Matt's audio blog, baby. And he is rewatching uh, Game of Thrones, and he's up to episode four, Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things. And I think what he's doing is he's releasing two a week, um, the first on Monday, then another on Thursday. So this coming Monday, he'll be doing episode five of season one. Uh, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all this kind of stuff, Stitcher, all that. So that's – it's Matt's – let's see how it's listed because this is what I wanted to – I want to say correctly. Game of Thrones, Matt's audio blog. So check that out. Game of, That's how you search it. Game of Thrones, Matt's audio blog. Matt's GOT blog. So follow him, Matt's GOT blog. And we've retweeted a bunch of stuff from him on the uh, the podcast Winterfell feed over there, which is Winterfell Pod on the Twitter. But we're glad that he's doing good. And uh, so check him out. Little internal, little internal news right there. Um, all right. The final thing I wanted to talk about today, which was kind of fun, is um, – Something called Data Robot did uh, wrote an article. It's called The Lord of Light, Using an Algorithm to Predict Death in Game of Thrones by Taylor Larkin. So this is kind of interesting. I know my friend Arif and as well as my wife are kind of data nerds. So they did something interesting. They basically asked a question, based on feeding in to over 2,000 characters, from the <laughs> sorry this is making me laugh cuz it's kind of funny from a fan fan created wiki which uh we've all been to of course it's the a song of ice and fire wiki they have um predicted who is going to die now th- this is interesting okay because they they go through it. The article is great to read, by the way. You should read it. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. And the way that they broke all of this down is super awesome. Now, this is what they came up with in the end. And then I'll kind of get to talking about it, okay? Number one chance of dying, 83.77% Daenerys Targaryen. Now, I saw this. And I thought to myself, hmm, how did they arrive upon that? And then one of the first things I thought is it must be based upon how many Targaryens died. And it kind of is. So I like this thing. This is kind of fun. And it's, we'll go through it and talk, and I'll talk about who I think is going to die. But if you're into data, it's really interesting to look at how they did this prediction. Because for me, a person is like, if you asked, why is this person going to die? I'm going to totally relate this to my understanding of the current story, right? Now, I would probably say Daenerys too. And I think I said this last season, I think she's going to die. Now, the reason that I think she's going to die is because I think that it fits her character arc. But then I start thinking, Oh, why does it fit her character arc? And then, and the more you look down into this data stuff, you're like, Hey, I'm basing my assumptions on facts, uh, facts I see based on the same kind of stuff that they're looking at, which is that I think that 
underneath why I think Daenerys is going to die because of just her story, I do think it's because she's a Targaryen. And I do see that as being a part of their story because that's what we've seen in this show, right? But they go really deep into it. It's really kind of fun. So let's talk about it. Daenerys, 83%. I agree. Jamie Lannister, 72.9%. Now they kind of go over like reason number one, dead relative. And that's kind of the reason number one for, for all of them. Okay. Um, is that it's kind of in their family. So after Jamie at 72% is Tyrion at 70%, Bran, at 66%, Cersei at 60%, Jon Snow, 58%, Euron, Euron is only at 54%. This I find not right. He should be way higher. Sansa, 50. She should be way lower. Arya, 49. That's pretty good, actually. Arya, I think 50-50. Then all of a sudden, for some reason, Gendry comes up at 39%. Interesting. This is not the way that normal TV people, or if I think if I got, you know, Tracy and the boys on the cast, and we're like, who do you think is going to die? We would probably not mention a lot of the reasons that they have, but... I think that the top three, Daenerys, Jamie, and Tyrion, are pretty close to what I think people think, what I hear. I'm going to say they did a pretty good job coming from a different perspective, but perhaps our perspective is their perspective, which is why I kind of, I'm interested in the data, but I have to say I'm not a math person. So it kind of, once they start doing, I can read it, but then the numbers, it doesn't lose me. It just doesn't, I'm not as excited by it, you know, but it's interesting stuff. I do. I definitely could see Jamie dying. That makes sense. Uh, Daenerys, of course, makes sense. I kind of feel like Daenerys and John are going to die. I kind of feel like everybody could die. And I've also been saying that Cersei was going to die for three seasons now, and it still hasn't happened. So I think Cersei should be at like 1%. Bran, there's a high pop probability for Bran. I feel like there's more of a probability of Bran not dying, but transforming to a point where he is not uh, maybe corporal. Maybe he becomes kind of part of the weirwood. Perhaps we see one of these scenarios where Bran has to sacrifice himself to stabilize the space-time continuum type of deals. Um, Cersei, I can't even get into it, man. She's never going to die, and she's my queen, so I will not even hear of this heresy. 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 <laughs> of Cersei. Uh, Jon Snow, I think, come on. I mean, he's the hero, right? You think he's either going to die or he's not. So giving him a 58% chance, being as though he's already died, I think that uh, he may die again. How do you figure that one too? How does John, who's already died, come in come in uh, fifth? Huh? No, sixth, actually. Figure that one out, people, huh? You smart math people, as DJ would say, you college boys. Sansa? I just don't see Sansa dying at all. 
I'd be really surprised if Sansa died. Arya, she's always battling people, man. She's a she's a cold blooded psychopathic psycho killer. Kesquise, you know what I'm saying? Uh 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 uh. She of course she could die. That that's uh, so putting her at fifty percent isn't doing much for me. But again, I'm talking about this out of out of the uh, context of what it was done. I think it's funny that Gendry's up there. And they're also missing the proverbial, you know, every other like side character that we think is going to eat it, you know, whether it's uh, in what, regardless of what we always think somebody, you know, when you list the top five people that are going to die, we should return to this and see what happens. But um, this is actually an opportunity to to, uh, try to convince my wife to come on the podcast and talk about this, but she'd never do it. But anyway, take a look at it. It's um, data robot. And I'm going to put the, uh, I'm going to put the, um, the link in the show notes. But uh let's see. I think that's just what I've that's just about what I got for this this little episode here. I just wanted to I had a Saturday to myself and I wanted to kind of jump in here and uh talk a little Game of Thrones. Now I'm getting into it. I'm feeling good about it. Uh Mike and I are gonna have a blast. Um like I said I've already kind of jumped in a little bit on my own, but this is going to be a fun series and uh, I'm having fun with it. And it's been fun to get back on track and talk about Game of Thrones. I mean, we're almost a year away of it coming back and Westworld is doing a good job, man. But um, I, I do have to say the flurry after Game of Thrones, it was a lot. We put out a lot of podcasts there's a lot of lot of opinions, lot of a lot of uh, you know. There was a lot that went into it last season, and uh, it's good to take a little break. I dig it. I dig taking a little break and then jumping back in and um, really savoring because it's a spectacle. I mean, it really is going to be six weeks of just the most awesomely produced television show ever. That's going to captivate really the world. You know, everybody watches Game of Thrones. But I also want to take an opportunity to once again thanks cufflinks.com. Um, this Game of Thrones stuff is awesome. You've got to check it out. Also, use Winterfell20, promo code Winterfell20, to get 20% off your first order at cufflinks.com. Send me an email at podcastwinterfell at gmail.com. What kind of contest should I do? We're going to give away some awesome stuff from cufflinks.com. And they don't only have the Game of Thrones stuff. They have Star Wars, Marvel, DC Comics, all the sports, NCAA, NBA, NFL. They have cufflinks, bar clips, stud sets, men's bracelets, pocket squares, lapel pins, socks, message in tote bags, money clips, all that type of stuff. And if you're a guy who likes to look good, they want to make you look better. They want to make you feel good when you go out there. I like that. I like to get dressed up every once. So I don't do it that often. I've got to admit people, you know, I'm sitting here in shorts and a t-shirt. It's a nice t-shirt though. Uh, it's actually like a Lego pinhead t-shirt, you know, pinhead kind of funny. Um, my son thinks it's creepy, but cufflinks.com is really rocking it out. And this stuff is really awesome. We're going to be rocking it at Heath's wedding. Definitely. Uh, head on over there, 
They're going to make you look good. They're going to make you feel good. And the cool thing about it is it's like you're dressed up, you're styling, but you got that little geek badge. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you were anywhere and you saw someone with some like Lannister sigil cufflinks, you would just know, you just start talking to that person. You'd be like, that is super cool. So they encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps you feel more confident and create your individual look. Get that geek style going. Go to cufflinks.com. And don't forget, use Winterfell20. That's promo code Winterfell20 to get 20% off your first order at cufflinks.com. So thanks everyone for listening. Mucho apreciados. Check us out at Winterfell Pod on Twitter. Email us again, podcastwinterfell at gmail.com. Go to the website, dvrpodcast.com. Become a patron, patreon.com slash dvr. And until next time, Valor More Podcasts.